All right. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to Tea Time with the Big Dogs. Um, I'm Big Dog Ethan. And I'm Big Dog Jay. <laughs> yeah, my voice cracked there for a second. Uh, I just Why can up. we never get the intro right? You know what? There's never getting an intro wrong as long as, you know, you're being fond about it. As long it. as people know what they're listening to, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. And most of this is... Uh, somewhat improvised i guess so it, it's pretty conversational stuff so it's not like this has to be a uh like a station yeah, did we ever even like did we ever even like walk through what we we're gonna do for the intro or did we just start doing that i feel um, like we just started doing that one time yeah i think i like kind of started it off i think like that and i think you kind of just went along with it um okay yeah, yeah. well um yeah so how have you been doing, Big Dog Jay, with your move in the, uh, the big St. Louis University? It's a transition, um, hmm. definitely. Gotcha. That's the best way to describe it. I hate to add the word rough to it because we're just at the very beginning. At first, it just was okay because it was like 15 minutes away from home, and there's not a huge deal to it and everything, but... The more you stay there, the more campus starts to feel really big, and the more further away from home I started to feel. Oh, and, okay. Um, and, yeah, I was just like, eh, you know, I miss my bed. I miss being in my own room, and I miss, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I miss like, a couple things about being at home. I know that's, that's really kind of pathetic, but mm-hmm. I've just born and raised in St. Louis, been in the same house for so long, yeah. and... Um, yeah, just kind of my whole life has sort of struggled to find a place that I've, has felt really comfortable for me, like a physical place. Mm-hmm. Um, so home is probably the closest thing to that. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, are you living at home, um, or are you living in one of the one of the dorms? Oh no, I'm living in one of the dorms. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. Why. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So everything's like cool with like the, 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 the roommates and all that. You're having a fun time with all of them. Yeah. My roommate's pretty cool. I mean, I, I never say anything to him. Um, okay. if you're listening now, Jeff, you're great, but I just can't believe that you like Fortnite that much. Oh, he likes Fortnite. Okay. Jay, you have not given me a good first impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like my only gripe about him. Really? He's, mm. he's a pretty sweet guy though. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. If you're listening to this, I I just play play a good single player game. Play like play Bioshock or Skyrim or something. And I don't know. Play a game that's not trying to nickel and dime you uh, around every corner. Um, anyways, uh, but Jeff, you do sound like a really cool guy because you're rooming with uh, one, one of the big dogs here. Um, so I hope you're also having a great time in college. Um, yeah, Jeff, living in the doghouse. Living in the dog, <laughs> yeah, living in the doghouse at, at at St. Louis University. Uh, yeah, my college experience so far has been going uh, swell, actually. Um, I I am someone who likes to kind of adventure, um, so I was actually kind of excited to move into college, and, and um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm uh, handling it pretty well. Um, it's really weird. I I thought that the, so at the high school that Jay and I went to, uh, St. Louis University High School, um, they, they did a, uh, like a seven period 
um, a seven period uh, class schedule. So every day you, for the most part, have the same class. Um, there may be a couple of differences. Maybe you might, maybe it might be like two days you have um, weights and then three days a week you had music theory or something like that. Um, yeah, the only, uh, the, the other thing about that too is that there's zero hour classes. So if you need to cram in some extra classes too, if you have some extra classes, you want to do something that really catches your interest or yeah, you yeah. need to make up or something, there's zero hours. So you come in at yeah, 7 a.m. Exactly. for class. Yeah. yeah, you could do something like that too. I, I did that for choir my first three years. But um, anyways. Um, I did that every day for every year. <laughs> you did that every day, man. That's yeah. I can only do that. Uh, I had to do that three days uh, a week, uh, or I think it was two days a week for my freshman year, and then three days a week sophomore and junior, because that's when they that's when she changed it to uh, to three days a week. Um, but anyways, so I was expecting. I heard that the block schedule, like the the whole block schedule system, is kind of hard to get used to in college. But honestly, I've been I've been handling that pretty well, uh, knock on wood. I don't know, maybe it'll start to catch up to me here, but I don't know. I feel like I've been able to, um, it makes, it, it is a little bit easier to get all my homework done uh, before class, which is really nice. Um, yeah, so I've been, uh, the block scheduling has, uh, I, I thought that was gonna be a really tough part uh, of dealing, uh, for dealing with in college, but it's actually been, uh, I've been handling it pretty well. Um, I also got cast in a show here. Uh, I'm gonna be, I'm a, I'm double majoring in theater and uh, mass media communications. So, um, so I auditioned for uh, the fall shows that they're going to be doing here. They're going to be doing Lost in Yonkers. It's a Neil Simon play. And they're also going to be doing Angel Street, um, which is also known um, elsewhere outside the U.S. as Gaslight. Um, so I auditioned for both those shows. I got called back for both of them. Oh, Gaslight, okay. Yeah, guess. Did you go see that? You may have. Did you have fine arts survey? No. Is is it? Is, does it have any affiliation with the movie Gaslight? I haven't seen the movie Gaslight, but I know about it because that's where the term gaslighting comes from. Exactly. Yes. So it's uh, Gaslight. So the movie Gaslight, I believe, is actually a. Um, it's an adaptation of that play. Uh, the play was the original material, um, uh, written in the 1930s, I think, um, but. Yeah, so it's a, they changed the name to Angel Street in the U, the United States because I, I my best guess is probably because they uh, uh, they didn't want to use like a such a, 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 a disturbing term uh, for the actual title I guess um, I may be wrong about that I don't know that's just my best guess or maybe because of the maybe because of the fact that the term was getting so widely known that people wanted to hmm. they didn't want to like give away the concept of the movie yeah it could be or, it not too. the movie the concept of the play just with the title that, i don't know that could be it too um but i don't think the uh, they're not giving much away by just having the title gaslight in there because it's pretty obvious uh, yeah it, it's the whole what makes that show so special is the perspective of it i mean you see you see the manipulation happening from the perspective of the woman. Um, her name is uh, Bella, Bella Manningham. You see that manipulation, uh, you see the husband's manipulation um, through her perspective. And it, it's, it's so terrifying for the audience because it's really hard to tell what's true and what's not true. It, it, is, it is psychological 
uh, it, it's a psychological thriller. Um, and it's well done at, at, at that. Um, I honestly forgot the ending, uh, which I know it's kind of like, oh, Ethan, like, why are you giving such a gl glowing review and you uh, can't even remember the ending? Uh, it's been a few years since I've seen the show. Um, but yeah, I do remember it being a, I do remember it being a very entertaining and thrilling uh, piece of theater. But um, anyways, enough about the show that I'm not in. The show that I am in is Lost in Yonkers. It's a, it's a show um, written by Neil Simon. Uh, he, um, he's probably one of the greatest uh, playwrights of the 20th century. And, and Lost in Yonkers uh, has been considered his magnum opus. It, it has, it, it's, yeah, it, it's a well done show. It's what they call dramatic comedy. So it, it's a very honest show. Um, there are some really funny, funny moments, and there are also some very, um, there are also some very raw moments in that show too. Um, I'm going to be playing Eddie. Um, it's the father of two kids who has to, uh, he has to, uh, he has to leave him, uh, leave his two kids at his grandma's house, uh, at his grandma's like apartment, um, so he can work a traveling salesman job. Um, uh, during uh, uh, World War II. Um, he was trying to sell, uh, he had to sell scrap metal in order to pay off some loan sharks. Um, so anyways, if anyone from Henderson State University is listening to this, um, uh, I hope you can find some time to go see the show um, um, in the last week of September or the first week of October. Um, you can find show dates um, posted around somewhere online. Um, but yeah. Yeah, okay. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm sure you're posting posters all over the place that say, listen, the big dog's uh, here. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. have a little QR code so people can go directly to our Spotify list because I just checked out the link on my Instagram page a second ago and realized that we're no, are we no longer on Anchor anymore? Oh, no. So we are on, we are on Anchor. I just changed it to Spotify because... Um, I think it's going to be whenever you click that link to go to Spotify, it actually like takes you to the Spotify app. Whereas you hit that anchor, that anchor link, it only takes you to the anchor website inside the Instagram web page, which is just kind of, uh, it's kind of awkward to deal with. And I think, I think a lot of people would rather listen to listen to that on Spotify. I think. Oh um, yeah, so they can actually like turn off their phone and. Yeah, exactly. The app and everything, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I think it's just more people use Spotify, so I think it's best. Um, plus, it's still, it's not, we, it still counts it as a view whenever, um, whenever people listen to it through Spotify. So like, right now, I have us down, and yes, it does sound small, um, but I'm grateful for these people who, oh, I actually hit my microphone. Um, I'm grateful for these people who listen to us. It's, uh, um, I was down for four plays for the last episode. Um, and it says here, I think they were all through Spotify. Yeah, they were all through Spotify. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think doing it through Spotify, I mean, also people just listen to, use it already to listen to music. And so it's a lot, it makes it, um, I think it makes it a lot easier to organize like your music and your podcast all in one app, I think. So I, that's the route that I like to go through. Um, but yeah. Um. That's kind of rough. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of crazy because our quality does keep on going up a bit. Um, we keep on getting a bit better every episode we go. So mm. 
I just know our first one didn't get the best reviews from um, from some friends and family members who I talked to. But oh. when I told them, I told them you have to listen to this. Like the third one, I think was it the third one that I think was like pretty good. We talked pretty deeply about a lot of stuff. Let me see what we um, talked about. Yeah, I the third which one. Third one, yeah, that was, was the one like, where we talked about the. Um, the third one's where we had all those that we read each other's tweets. Oh, okay, yeah, because I told people to listen to the third one, and they listened to that one, and they said, yeah, it was a lot better. Like it was, it was pretty good. Okay, gotcha. But it wasn't well, like the same amount of people. Yeah, so. and I think what I have noticed here is that episode one, episode one has the most plays overall. It has thirty-five plays. Um, and then the second episode drops down to 16 plays. The third episode, it's 11 plays. And then the fourth episode is four plays. Now, obviously, um, uh, time has something to do with that. Um, but I do think, um, I do think what you're saying about episode one shows, um, shows, shows what's probably happening here. I think people listen to the first episode and they're like, yeah, this is kind of boring. And then they don't listen to the rest that we have to say. Um, which again is fine. I understand that. Um, like I said, the first episode was us just kind of. Um, There's a lot of rambling. Yeah, a lot of rambling, a lot of fiddling around. I tend to ramble a lot, um, as you guys uh, <laughs> can probably tell. Um, yeah, we have our fair shares. Um, but yeah, it got it just got way out of hand for that first one for sure. And I, I think it was pretty long too, wasn't it? It, was it longer than any of the other ones? Actually, no. The longest one was that third episode, but I don't think. Oh, okay. I don't think people felt like the third episode was. Um, let me put it this way: we were very organized for the third episode. Like we had, we had it like put out yeah. into sections. We had questions going directly into it. I know that this one is kind of. This one doesn't really have too much of a. Yeah. Of a organized, organized formula to it that we're doing right now, but I think this is kind of fun. Yeah, recap, yeah, exactly. But. Well, like I said, I think we like to start out each episode off with at least just a little bit of an update on like what's going on in our lives and um, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people like seeing. I think people like seeing uh, long distance friends uh, kind of reconnect after a couple of weeks, especially right now since we're both uh, kind of starting a new uh, new part of our lives. <laughs> We have one topic today, which we're going to be talking about the um, antitrust lawsuits and mm. more of the news that has come up about um, the big social media platforms and just big tech corporations in general. Yeah. Um, and we're going to just kind of go through probably pretty quickly and sort of decide what we think could be um, could be a monopoly and what we think could be invading on our privacy mm-hmm. and all the all the nuanced issues going within those mm. topics yeah yeah um <clears throat> so what i will say first off is that this is a this is an ongoing um investigation slash lawsuit so what we say in this episode could possibly change um over time uh they may find some new info about uh about certain companies that may change uh the at- our attitudes towards these lawsuits so, uh, do keep that in mind um, but I do think it's an interesting topic to talk about just because, um, um, <clears throat> well, really, I hadn't even realized just how much, 
I guess I never thought about like how much, um, how influential these companies were trying to get um, on uh, on the economy. I guess, um, especially because I, I'm, I will admit I, I can be someone of a fanboy towards certain companies, um, um, and I think sometimes that blinds my uh, 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 my perception of of uh, their control um, and dominance in a certain market. Um, so last last episode, um, we talked about, uh, or let me <laughs> let me clarify. Uh, I kind of rambled for about uh, eight to nine minutes about um, at least about Facebook and what kind of led up to this lawsuit in the first place, or what was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, um, and that was uh, Facebook's um, revelation that uh, uh, there was some kind of data leak. Uh, from Facebook uh, and Cambridge Analytica was able to get a hold of the user's data in order to uh, make predictions about um, uh, campaigns and whatnot to inform uh, or to inform campaigns about uh, about elections, uh, the 2016 election to be specific. And so now, now there's a lot of concern about one whether or not um, major company, major tech companies like Amazon, Google, Apple, and Facebook, um, whether they're handling the um, users' data uh, adequately, and whether or not um, whether or not these companies had too much uh, so much influence that they could be considered a monopoly. Um, and yeah, so. Jay, I guess, what what are your thoughts on on uh, on this big tech lawsuit? Because I'm not, I'm gonna be honest, I have no idea really how to uh, how to start this uh, <laughs> how to start a big subject like this. Yeah, I mean, me neither. Um, I would say that when we look at tech, we look at um, we we just look at how much control they have over our information, what they provide us and who they can direct us to. Mm. And all three of those things can just be filtered by themselves. Mm. So I think that does bring into cause the fact that even I, somebody who doesn't care for a lot of regulation, believe that a regulation or regulation should be in effect because these companies could um, not, just monop- not just monopolize in their scope and size and taking out their competitors, but can monopolize in s- by um, by controlling information, controlling your data, and um, holding holding themselves in the forefront to where you really can't run away from them. Gotcha. When gotcha. you're using their platforms. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. Actually, I uh, yeah, they certainly have a lot of uh, they certainly have a lot of control over users' lives, I think. I think they, they have a certain dominance um, in our, even in just our culture, I think. Um, though, I, <clears throat> I guess I'm not too, so I think a monopoly, and I actually, let me look this up real quick, what, a monop- what constitutes a monopoly. But I think a monopoly, uh, I think um, a monopoly is defined as a company that has too much control inside an economy. So that, that really refers to their dealings with other businesses, not the consumer. Um, right, and I'd also say that 
I think another thing that also qualifies a monopoly is the fact that you can't really find similar products or services from anybody else besides that company. Mm. Or if you can, that'll be super um, obscure. But you yeah. can you can find a lot of um, you can find a lot of alternatives to Google in Google's products. Yeah, you can use a different search <laughs> engine. You can buy different phones. You can buy different products in total. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do. Yeah, I do not have a Google phone. You do not have a Google phone. Oh no, I do. Wait, or did, oh, you you just bought a Google phone, right? Yeah. So, and actually, let me let's clarify that too. So. Google, yes, Google makes their own phones because uh, they but like they to set... they don't make the software. No, they make the software. Google okay. owns Android. So basically what Google does, Google phones, the purpose of Google phones is they, um, they want to set almost like a benchmark of, of what the newest version of Android should be. Um, so like, for example, the Pixel 3 last year, that showed off a, it was like a benchmark for what Android, um, Android uh, P, what was Android Pi uh, should look like on other, on other manufacturer smartphones. Um, <clears throat> huh. And so you yes. would say that, you would say that almost like those Google phones themselves are probably superior to um, Samsung phones then because Samsung phones use the same, uh, use the same software, right? Not, yeah, not exactly. So they, so they use like the same version of the operating system, but they put um, like a different coat of paint on it. Um, so like they, like they have their Bixby uh, voice operating system instead of like the Google Voice Assistant, they have Bixby. Um, and they also, they have like their own, they, they have their own apps that they like to put um, on, on their phones. So as I said, it's a benchmark. Um, Google phones, they show off like a benchmark of the of that operating system, what it should look like, but manufacturers tend to take make their own interpretations of that benchmark. Um, same goes with LG. They have a um, they kind of put their own spin on Android. Um, the OnePlus phones, they they're um, they have their own little spin too called Oxygen OS. Um, so it's like their own little version of Android. Um, but there are other phones like um, I'm trying to think of a popular one. Um, I can't think of one now. Um, like the Razer phone, you probably didn't hear of it, but the Razer phone, um, it's uh, the phone made by the Razer company that makes those gaming laptops. They made a phone that uses like... For a second, I thought you were going to say Razer scooters. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Razer scooters. Oh, that's a throwback. Yeah. Oh, man, that, yeah, those are a throwback. Um <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not Razor scooters. Yeah, that's. I wonder if they still That'd make. That'd be dope, though. Yeah, it would be cool. An Android, uh, an Android operated uh, Razor scooter. That would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Future, like that, uh, that uh, meme oh, from SpongeBob. Oh, that Bob. episode of SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Google, um, Google owns Android basically. So they. They have a lot of control over, um, Google has a lot of control over um, uh, um, the phone market whenever it comes to Android phones. Um, I forgot where we were going with this. Oh, right, we were talking about the definition of a monopoly. So it says here, it's the exclusive possession or control of the supply of or trade in uh, trade in a commodity or service. Um, 
So Google doesn't, um, so Google, that's where I guess I was getting at with Google. Um, Google, Google has an exclusive control over the Android operating system, which is used in like almost all the phones across the world. Now, yes, here in the States, um, uh, iOS is very prominent, of course, because Apple is an American company and they've, they've developed a, a dedicated fan base um, or a dedicated base of users, I'd say. Um, but if you're thinking on like the, the international scale, Android is much, much, much more prominent, especially in India, uh, China, Japan, you name it. Like they're, they're very, Android is used on a global scale and Google has control of that. And, um, what I was talking with you about, uh, before the podcast, um, if anyone remembers, you know, we had, uh, uh, Donald Trump announced like a, um, it, it was a certain, I've got the correct term, but it's basically a ban um, uh, against certain Chinese companies that American, any American company cannot uh, have business dealings with these, uh, these Chinese companies. And there's a phone company called Huawei who was very up and coming at the time. Uh, they were, um, they were blacklisted. They were on Donald Trump's uh, lists of companies that, that American companies cannot interact with. And so that means that Huawei could not use Android, like the Android operating system. They could not use it on their phones. Um, they couldn't use any Google apps. They couldn't use any of that because that would, that would, uh, that would count as interacting or having a business, um, interaction with Google. So, that puts Huawei, now Huawei can't access, doesn't have access to any of Google's products anymore. There is no way that they can have a successful, um, there's no way that they can have a successful, um, like a successful uh, um, position. Business, really, because, yeah. yeah, well, because they can't, they can't get all these apps together to make a, to yeah, make a good comparable phone to something being made in the States. Exactly, consumers or, yeah, aren't going to yeah. want to buy that. Um, so one could make the argument, I think, that Google uh, may be a monopoly. But like I said, we'll have to see um, what's happening. And of course, like I said, Google's, uh, Google's, Google's suite of software, like uh, their search engine, Google Drive, uh, YouTube especially. YouTube is like, can you name one other video sharing website like YouTube out there, like a website in which you could find user-generated content? Like um, daily motion. Yeah, but that's that's nowhere near as big as YouTube, and it's no yeah. one. And uh, like, there's another website. I I've, use daily motion for a little bit, but yeah. yeah. I mean, once it, once you can't really get anything besides 2007 newscasts. Um, yeah. You yeah. Go back to YouTube. Yeah, go back to YouTube, and that's uh, yeah, that's. So like I said, there's. My bets are that Google would probably would be considered a monopoly, but like I said, we'll have to wait and see. The other thing that we also came upon was the whole um, concept that we kind of have to 
debate that we almost kind of want to debate over, which is, is Walmart bigger than Amazon? Because <laughs> we kind of, we, we were looking at that um, tweet, Ethan brought it up to me about how um, candidate Warren um, tweeted out that she was afraid of Amazon's hold on mm. retail products. And then they responded that Walmart is bigger. And yeah. we were thinking so much about how like Walmart has the brick and mortar stores and almost none of those close down. They just keep growing, especially in rural areas. They're yeah. really capitalizing on a market there. And then the other thing is Walmart.com is huge and is probably one of the biggest um, is probably one of the biggest online shopping places for stores that were originally brick and mortar. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, it's really, yeah, because we were, yeah, Jay and I were talking about that before we started recording, and I even looked online uh, uh, ahead of time, too, and there were conflicting reports about that. Like, I see, like, some news articles are like, yeah, like, Amazon's, like, much bigger than Walmart, and some are like, well, Walmart's actually is much larger, and I don't know. I I, I guess if we're, if we're, if we're dealing specifically within the realm of online online retail i'd if we're dealing within the realm of online retail I, amazon has the forefront there amazon yeah amazon certainly has a forefront there um to the point of being a monopoly hmm that i don't know because part well, of because what, like what's what's discount or not i shouldn't say discount but what is walmart's like big competitor i guess you can target both Amazon and Target, right? Yeah. Um, Target was going to be the one I was going to bring up too, because Target is really big too, and I don't, I don't see Target going away anytime soon. There no. used to be a time where I would go to it every single day because it's just a more friendly environment than Walmart. Everything yeah. seems a lot cleaner. It's not just literally a big warehouse. Yes. So for me personally, like if I could, I would go to Target a lot more, but. Um, Arkadelphia, they only have Walmart, um, and I, I'd imagine that Walmart's a lot more popular down here just because Walmart, um, the, the guy who uh, started Walmart, he was from Arkansas. Uh, so, uh, oh, I really? think, yeah, I think Walmart has a big warehouse down here too. So I, I'd imagine that Walmart's just a lot more, um, is a lot more popular down here. Um, but if I had the choice, I would certainly go to Target over Walmart because I think Target has a little bit, yeah, you're right. Target has a more friendlier uh, has a friendlier environment. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, in terms of Amazon being a monopoly in the online retail marketplace, I I mean, there are people who can compete against them. I think Walmart and Target can certainly compete against Amazon. Um, I guess if there, if there are websites who are starting, exclude, like, who start... Um, is there are websites who start exclusively as an online retail shop. I can't think of any, any examples, but if there are any websites that like start up as an online retail um, website, uh, then yeah, they're not gonna be able to compete with Target, Walmart, or Amazon. But I mean, that's always been the case with every, with every local business, you know? Like it's, it's hard for a local business to compete with the big chains. That's, that's part of the challenge of being a local shop. Um, and that's going to be the challenge for being a small online, online, uh, online store. How can you get, uh, how can you get consumers to trust, uh, trust your website? 
I think one of the big, big reasons why Amazon is so popular, it's not because that they have great deals. I think their deals are okay. Sometimes I, I can find really good deals. But for the most part, Amazon is so popular because consumers trust them. It's, it's a big security risk to be putting in your credit card information, your personal information into a website. And if, uh, if, consumer, if the consumer doesn't trust you, like doesn't trust an online retail marketplace or an online retail store to, yeah. uh, to protect that, that really important information, then yeah, they're not going to go to you. I think what there have been, yeah, there have been plenty of times where there are things that I've wanted to buy online from some just like online website that just maybe just specifies in a certain thing. I remember one time mm. there was like this beautiful ring I wanted to buy. Um, I thought it was going to be really cool to have. And um, I was just way too afraid to type in my credit card information or my debit card information for that. I thought that would have been a big risk for me. It just felt mm. really shady. Yeah, exactly. Even though the website looked well put together and everything, there's just something in the back of my mind that just said, don't trust this. Exactly. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's holding back a lot of these online stores is that people, people are really afraid to trust these websites. Um, Amazon, they have a reputation of being um, at least handling your credit card info um, in a secure manner. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I, I don't want to say Amazon, at least as far as online retail goes, I don't want to say Amazon is a monopoly. Um, I don't know enough about their web services, like for businesses and stuff like that. I don't know enough about that to make a, an official declaration on that. Um, but, you know, I know that that is a pretty big uh, part of their business for them as well. And it's the reason why they're able to have such a cheap um, that's why they're able. That's why they're able to offer uh, really good deals uh, to their uh, to their customers on their on their on their store because they make a lot of their money off of uh, their web services. <clears throat> um. So yeah, I I would say um, I guess another point I'd want to cover too is the fact that Zuckerberg um, keeps coming to the Senate floor to or to the House floor to talk to representatives or to the Senate. And mm. um, I guess I just, should just say he comes before Congress um, a lot. And mm. he has an office in Washington, D.C. now to um, oh. make sure, yeah, just so that way he can have some convenience for the next few times he has to come into uh, to Congress because mm. he does it by choice. Congress can't really force him to come in front of him come in front of them unless if he's like um done some criminal act but yeah, yeah he's mostly yeah we're nobody's accusing him of being a criminal yeah exactly um, I don't at think least I... at least not like not like a legal sense they might be like he's stolen yeah. ideas because you know the whole yeah and everything the but, whole yeah. movie yeah exactly that's a so what I will say too, I know we've we've referenced Mark Zuckerberg before, and we sort of compared him uh, to the movie. Uh, we do need to keep in mind though that that movie is a work of fiction, even though it's based on a lot of true stories. Um, right, right. You have to keep in mind. And that, I think I'm talking I'm talking more about the public but, perception of Mark Zuckerberg than the reality yeah. of who Mark Zuckerberg is, because I could yeah. not tell you the reality of who Mark Zuckerberg truly is. No, no, no one. Yeah, no one. Unless you know him personally, you, you really couldn't. Um, but anyways, yeah, he's uh, um, 
he is a, a sorry, I just lost my train of thought there. Um, he is um, in the movie, like I said, this we know this is true though. He certainly stole um, he, he stole he stole an idea from a couple of guys um, in order to create the Facebook. Um, so he has had his fair share of somewhat shady business dealings before. But from what I can tell from this Facebook, um, uh, from the scandal involving uh, Cambridge Analytical using uh, uh, people's data for this, uh, for, uh, in order to inform 2016 election campaigns, um, I don't see anything um, terribly uh, illegal or wrong with what uh, with how Facebook handled users' data. What I will say, though, is that I think there needs to be more regulations put in place in order to protect users' data. But uh, as it is right now, from what from what I could what, from what I could read up on, from what I could discover, uh, I don't see anything wrong on Facebook's part. Maybe the one mistake was maybe they should have been a little bit more thorough in making sure that Cambridge Analytica actually deleted all those user all that data in the first place, instead of just having them sign a legal document. But I mean, even then, I mean, a legal document is, it carries some weight with it. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if I can exactly blame, uh, I don't know if I can blame them for, you know, uh, at the time, at least for not following through on that. I don't know if I can really do that. Um, yeah, I think that's a great place to wrap up, honestly, right there. Yeah, because... Um, yeah, I think we've been big critics of Facebook for a while now. At least I have. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think that more of this stuff starts to come out the more that we see that they're not some evil overarching villain and yeah. nor is Mark Zuckerberg at least not completely. So Yeah, exactly. It look, mistakes happen, you know. Um you know, we're all we're kind of we're kind of Awkwardly improvising our way um, into this new into this new era of social media, and this is one of those missteps that that we've uh, that we've discovered, and now we just need to find some way to um, to to correct that. You know. Um, anyways, yeah, right, well, I think it's yeah. I think it's a good place to to stop at. I know we didn't talk about Apple, but I don't think there was much to talk about them, and I think that also would have. I'm not a big Apple guy, so I think that would have invited me to ramble on about uh, my pro my woes and problems with Apple. Um, but anyways, um, so we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're gonna try and we're gonna keep this episode a little bit short, just because um, I don't know. We're gonna see if maybe short um, is better or not. Uh, we'll we'll see if less is gonna be more here. Um, so yeah, uh, and also. Um, so I don't know what we're going to talk about for our next episode, but like I said, if any guys want to uh, shoot us a message and let us know uh, what you guys want us to talk about, um, we'll see if it's something that may, maybe we'd be interested in talking about or not. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening again. Uh, this podcast would not be possible without you guys. I think there'd be no point in doing this podcast uh, if, uh, if you guys weren't listening to us. Um, yeah, I think... That covers my babbling uh, closing remarks. Um, as always, I'm Big Dog Ethan. And I'm Big Dog Jay. And we are signing out. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.